there's never been a better time to be a direct-to-consumer business. Join us as we uncover the strategies and scaling secrets of the world's most disruptive brands and agencies. This is DTC by Pilot House. Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of the All Killer No Filler podcast, where we hang out with the talented members of the Pilot House agency to tease out their key insights, distinctions, and updates that you need to know to grow your DTC brand fast. My name is Kyle Gilfoyle, and today I'm super excited to be joined by Pilot House co-founder Kyle Hitchcock, as well as a couple of our in-house copywriting team members, Alora Bossi and David Franklin. Uh, today we're going to be nerding out about copy. Uh, how are you guys doing? Good. Amazing. Awesome. As, as one can be in these times. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Cool. So um, uh, I think we're going to have some some fun here today because uh, Alora Bossi, um, while an experienced copywriter, uh, doesn't have quite the uh, the 35 years of experience that David Franklin has. So, um, you know, we're going to be able to explore how how copywriting has, has changed a little bit or a lot. And um, and you know we're gonna gonna find out a lot of other 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 tidbits as well. Uh, I wanted to start by um, asking you guys, you know, what what is copy anyway? And I'm specifically curious about how you explain it to non-marketers. Well, I've got a great story actually for that, and I think it's um, great that we start with a story, and I'll get to why that is important in a bit. Um, but the story, uh, and I think it's the best way to explain it, especially to a non-marketer. Um, John E. Kennedy, uh, this is going back to, I believe, 1905. Um, he was actually a Canadian Mountie. Um, and he'd become interested in advertising. He spent a lot of time up there in the uh, snowy northern Canadian wilderness and did a lot of meditating and, and thinking about, you know, just the fundamental concepts of copywriting and, and what really is this. And there's a great story and it's a very true story. Uh, it was six o'clock on May, 1905. And John E. Kennedy sent a note up to A.L. Thomas, uh, who was a senior partner of Lord and Thomas, which is probably the largest ad agency at the time. Um, Thomas was getting ready to leave the office when a messenger brought him a note and it read as follows. Uh, I'll read this because I want to get it exactly right. You do not know what advertising is. No one in the advertising business knows what advertising is. No advertiser knows for certain what advertising is. If you want to know, tell this messenger that I should come up. I'm waiting in the lobby downstairs. It was signed Johnny Kennedy. Uh, Thomas read the note with an amused smile, and he handed it to Albert Lasker, um, who was a junior partner. And he said, well, you've been asking this question for years, and nobody has yet satisfied you. Maybe here's the answer. Let's see the man. And uh, Albert saw Kennedy that night. And it wasn't until three in the morning before they left. So obviously, it, it, he grabbed his attention. Um, and when he left that night, he had the answer to what advertising was. And what Kennedy told him that night is that advertising is salesmanship in print. Um, 
And that was 1905. The way to um, best put that really is, uh, you know, simply put, it's salesmanship multiplied. Um, today, we don't use print, although we do. We're still using words. Those words are actually written down before they ever go out there on the, the interweb. <laughs> um, and that completely changed advertising. Um, and that's really, you know, what it amounts to is if you were face to face with your very best prospect, and they're standing right in front of you, um, what would you say to them to make the sale? If you're, if you're an old school salesman beating on a door, somebody answers the door, what's your pitch? What are you gonna say um, to get your foot in the door and to make the sale? Um, it gives you the ability to talk to thousands or even millions of people all at once. But when it's really good copy, they're all going to be thinking you're talking to just them and only them. It's going to feel that way. It's going to feel like something from a good friend. And really the reason I wanted to start with a little story there is because that's another very important part of the equation. You know, we're all geared for stories. It goes back to the caveman days, sitting around the fire and, you know, telling stories. And so a good story that does that um, is really what, what's, what advertising is. And, and to, a, uh, to a non-marketer, that's the best way to put it. It's just salesmanship multiplied. I love that. Um, and uh, I also love that it really communicates how, how leveraged uh, copywriting is. You know, it's, it's, you know, like you said, it, it is, Ultimately, it, it is some words that sell, um, but our ability to put it in front of potentially millions of people uh, to, you know, to move them to take that action, to buy our products, to click that link, um, it's it's a powerful skill. And um, but uh, Alora, I really want to hear uh, how how you describe it to to your non-marketer friends as well. Sure, um, I think David really nailed it. But my definition is a little more short and sweet. Um, so to me, copy is persuasive and creative writing and it's used for marketing. It comes in many forms, but essentially, like David said, you only have a split second to give your brand, which is an inanimate thing, a voice. And that voice has to speak to your prospects and make them move and do, do what you're asking them to do. So that, uh, ability to speak to your prospects in a way that they say, oh my gosh, they're talking directly to me um, as if they are an old friend. That's what good copy really does. Totally. Um, and uh, and we, uh, we, we've already had a, a great, uh, we, we call them value rockets because we, you know, we like to, to start things off with a punch and, and we had a great story from David. Um, but uh, what, what would you guys say is, is one thing uh, most people don't know about copywriting that they probably should? The single most important thing in any business is, is sales, of course. Without that, nothing else happens. And, and really, without good copy, uh, sales don't happen. Um, so, you know, it, it's really kind of the last, the last answer kind of answers this in a way. Um, it is literally your voice as a Lorison. And, and, you know, that... Back in, in, you know, in the early 80s, um, when I was writing, I was writing mostly radio copy back then. 
<laughs> I was actually writing on a typewriter, if anybody remembers what those are. Um, <laughs> I started to see how when I focused on people's real problems um, and how it really made them feel, you know, um, not so much the product or the brand, but instead their emotions, their feelings, you know, and offered a real solution, you know, something that they could see as a solution, you know, um, that's when the magic happened. And it was interesting because back then, I can't tell you how many clients um, wanted to talk all about themselves, all about their company, all about how great they were. And then uh, on the next meeting with them, they would say, you know, radio just doesn't work for my business. I'm not sure why, but it's just my business is different. <laughs> and it really boils down to it's what you say. I mean, it's, you know, it's where you say it from the standpoint of how many people you're reaching and how you can best reach them and, and whether you're reaching them in a, in a place where you both, uh, where, they, where they feel um, safe and, and like, like they're getting, uh, you know, the truth. Um, but it's really, you know, it's got to be all about them. And it's the copy, it, and it's the words you use that matter. Um, that is the single most important thing, without a doubt. That's that's really interesting, David. Too, like you know, you look at you're talking like generational uh, distance here in terms of like radio to email to say Facebook ads as an example, right? But yeah. the fundamentals are the same. It's like sell the sell the sizzle, not the steak, right? And a lot of brands are 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 feature focused when it needs to be emotionally triggered with a benefit problem solution. And I think a lot of brands are missing that. And you know, you and Alora write different styles of copy too, right? Like internally. And you know, that's by design. You each have different strengths. Um, you guys have 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 joined forces with other people on the team. And you've really created a solid kind of uh, foundation for kind of what is accepted for like a short-term uh, attention span, really, right? Because things have changed like that also in, in, in how people generally have, have less attention, but the fundamentals are the same, um, where, where, you know, the copy may be shorter than it used to be, or the, the sales pitch, depending on the vertical, uh, might be a shorter process, but the fundamentals are still the same. You're still triggering emotions, even if they're subtle. You know, there's um, a headline, and we're talking um, when some of this uh, was done. Um, you know, it's we're talking newspaper and, and actual direct mail pieces mailed and things like that. Um, the a headline in testing, uh, simply a headline, nothing else, and we're talking long copy. And you're right, attention spans have shortened. We'll talk about that because it has changed how we do things. But still, just changing a headline on an ad has shown an 80% increase in conversion, simply the headline. And that's exactly what you just said. Attention spans, but that's no different than it used to be. If you could have the most brilliant ad in the world, and if you had a terrible headline, uh, nobody read it. So it was no different than today when you've got a million things coming at you. It is still how much 
does what I'm reading matter to me? If it matters, you got me. If it doesn't, you don't. And that's never changed, really. Although now we're bombarded with, <laughs> I mean, I don't even know today, you know, over the years, that number of, of advertising messages we see a day, you know, was 2,000 a day, and then it was 5,000 a day, and I read somewhere it's like 10,000. Now, who knows? I mean, I don't know what that number is. I just know that it's huge. I mean, it's it's probably thousands per minute when you're online. D David, uh, what I'm what I'm also hearing you and Kyle say uh, is that uh, co copywriting is is uh, it, it's it's also a really timeless skill, um, and uh, and it's a timeless device, and and that actually sort of takes me back to uh, when I realized that copywriting was such a, a powerful um, thing to learn to focus on, uh, especially as uh, someone who is new to business. Um, I remembered that I was, I was learning about copywriting. Uh, I was reading about it, uh, mostly out of curiosity. And one day I, I sent a text message or something to, uh, a, I think a, a girlfriend or something. And I, I noticed myself, uh, using copy in my text messages. And I, and I suddenly realized that it, it, um, you know, it seeps into every facet of, of how you communicate from, you know, so it starts on, the, you know, might start on the landing page, but then eventually it's in your subject lines, it's in your emails, it's in your text messages. It's in, it's, it's in the way you speak as well. And I was hoping you guys could take, uh, take us back to the moment you realized copy was uh, such an important device, skill, craft. Sure. Um, so the first time that I, I really found this out was way back. I was seven years old and I obsessively wanted a puppy. Like I didn't just want one. That was my reason for living at the time. Like I needed a puppy and my family, young kids, four of them and a child with special needs. So my parents were like, nope, it's never going to happen. Get that out of your head. Um, but you know, I pleaded with them and pleaded with them. And one night I wrote an essay, um, as much as a seven-year-old could, and it outlined how I would make their lives easier so that we could have this additional member of our family. Our lives were going to be amazing with a puppy. It was what we needed. Um, and truly it was the key to our happiness. That's, that's what I was sure of. So I slipped my essay under their door at night and um, that Christmas I got a puppy and they said it was because of that letter. So <laughs> that just That's goes to awesome. show you. <laughs> you know, we're going to post a link to Alora's first piece of copy if you can do that for us. <laughs> oh, please don't. I've gotten a lot better, yeah. I promise. <laughs> so that's amazing. So at seven years old, you identified the problem, the problem being the family's happiness at the time. You, you, right. you, you created an opportunity to, to solve a problem and found a solution. Exactly. And I think um, I've done a lot of different writing throughout my career. Um, but the key thing about conversion copywriting is the action has to be there. We follow specific proven formulas um, that are something that it's never changed. Um, and we do the research, we know what appeals to the emotions, um, and we can we can get people to take that action. I love that. And um... And actually, just before I ask my next next question, uh, could you just um, clarify for the audience? You, you sort of explained what it is, but so how does conversion copywriting differ from other copywriting? 
So um, I've done writing for like academic writing, writing for public relations and various writing and marketing, um, but specifically uh, conversion copywriting, we're looking for conversion to happen. Um, so in order to do that, we follow specific proven formulas that work. Um, there are a couple like ADA, pass. Um, those are two of the key ones that are really going to help you out. Um, and basically, we, we do all the research behind it as well. So we learn the product and the prospects inside and out. Um, we look into the competitors. What are people saying about the solution and develop the social and scientific proof that can back our claims. And then we summarize all of those findings in a creative and compelling way that's going to make someone move. They're not just going to learn from the article or the blog, they're going to want to do something about it. Um, whether it's, you know, engagement or sales, they're going to take an action from, from your piece. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really, uh, you know, moving someone to take a, a, a specific action. And, uh, as you were talking, you, you know, you, you mentioned formulas and, um, and, and my mind goes to syntax and it goes to language. And I, and I often think that becoming a copywriter is really kind of like learning a new language. And I'm wondering if you guys could describe for, for us what, you know, what the evolution um, of say someone who knows, or what the evolution is of someone who's, who knows nothing about copywriting uh, to becoming a strong copywriter. What, what does that um, journey look like? Garrett, to ask David here, there's, a, there's 35 yeah. years experience. You know, um, you nailed it. It's learning a new language. And, and I would liken it very much to, to if you learned any other language. Um, one of the differences, key differences, is that in, in copywriting, every word counts. And I mean, people, you know, gloss over that. But really, I, I'm sure that Laura does the same thing. When I write, I literally go back through it and say, is that the right word? I mean, every word, every sentence. Um, and so to learn that language, um, you know, takes a long time. I mean, 35 years and I still learn new stuff every day. So what I, I thought about this question and the evolution of someone in learning copy it's a long, long series of aha moments. That's the best way I can put it. Um, it takes time. It, you know, the more time you spend studying, the people you choose as your mentors, um, all of those things will determine how long this takes. But it's not something you're gonna. You're there. There's not a course out there that you're gonna take and spend 30 minutes a day for two weeks on and come out as an A-list copywriter. That's not gonna happen. Um, it just, it takes time. Um, David, so there's there's the qualitative stuff, there's the measurement, there's your, your uh, you know, acute accuracy on, on wordsmithing. What about data? Like, is data a mentor? Is data a mentor? Is, um, is data a way to learn if your copy is effective? Absolutely. You're talking about testing. You're talking, I'm talking about, about testing. Oh, you know, that's that's a whole nother. And yeah, we're kind of jumping ahead to something. I want to, but yeah, we can jump on <laughs> because there, there is nothing more important than thorough testing. 
You know, I said earlier that a, that a headline could make an 80% could increase in conversion. If you don't test, you're not going to know that, right? Now, what if you didn't test those two headlines and you just happened to like the one better that wasn't the good one? And so you rolled it out nationally. Let's go with it. Um, agencies, uh, Madison Avenue for many years has done that. They've taken something, thrown it in front of a small focus group. They all said, oh, we love it. This is a great story. Another quick one. Gary Halbert used to take his copy down to the local bar. And he'd say, okay, guys, I got one here I need to read to you. And everybody kind of knew him. and said, all right, let's go. And he'd read it. If they said, wow, that's really good, Gary, he'd crumple it up and throw it away. Because the only thing he wanted to hear is, wow, where can I buy one of those? Yeah, and I think just to add to David's point, um, without testing your copy and adapting from it, you're definitely just wasting your time and money. Um, like you're not, <laughs> you're not going to get anything from your copy um, unless you're adapting from those results and doing what works and cutting the fat, taking out what doesn't work. Um, and things are changing and evolving really rapidly uh, in our world. So testing is the only way that you're going to stay on what is now, what is current and get your, get your desired result. Totally. And, um, um, you know, I, I think, I think testing, uh, and, and reading data is, is really kind of one of the, 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 the sub skills of, of copy. And, and I actually love to dive into that a little bit with you because, you know, um, underneath the, um, you know, the, the sort of higher level that the meta skill of, of copywriting there, you know, there's, there's, there are stories like, uh, like David, so, so beautifully demonstrated at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, there, there are, uh, hooks, there are offers, there are transitions, there's voice and tone. Um, I'm wondering if, if you guys could talk a bit about, um, what you think the most important sub sub skill is for, uh, for a copywriter to, uh, to master. And, uh, and if so, what, why is that the most important? Um, I was going to say the, the hero copy, like the first 500 characters of your copy. So your headline, your subheader, um, and that teaser, if you can nail those three little components, like you're well on your way to writing great copy. That's interesting too, right? Cause like if you can nail, I mean, even less than 500 characters, the headline subtext and, and that teaser, like you said, even if they skip through 80% of your copy, there's still, that's, that's still sitting with them. And yeah. so they might like, okay, I'm like 60% in, let's check out the offer. Whereas if, if you don't have a good teaser and they're reading, they might just get bored. You know, people um, skim first, read later. And basically what you're doing, because we're so, we're all so busy today, is your, your first look at something is to decide whether it has enough value to, to, to give it any more of your time. And as you skim through that copy, you know, the idea is to um, grab them with, with things. You know, subheads are really just headlines meant to re-engage. You know, um, as somebody's skimming along or just, you know, I don't know if this is what I'm looking for or not. And then boom, a big, bold subhead. Um, they go, oh, wait, what's this? And that's what you want to do. You know, there's, there's the old thing that, that what copywriting is is simply 
you know, the, the, the job of a headline is to get you to read the first sentence. The job of that sentence is to get you to read the next sentence and so on. And really what that amounts to is, am I seeing enough value here to give this more of my time? Because eventually we want to get where we're having an actual conversation with these people, an ongoing conversation, uh, hopefully where they actually look forward to receiving uh, emails or, or whatever from us. Go, oh, good, I love these guys. You know, what have they got today for me? Well, that starts with that first conversation. And if you're ever gonna, it, it's, it's kind of like dating. You know, if you're ever gonna have a second date, that first date better go pretty well. And that's really what your headline and your, and your opening sentences are. But in digital, now we're, we're looking at, on a Facebook ad, um, really, we better have a heck of an opening line you know, before we're even going to get a conversation to even lead to that first date. You know, it's, it's, you got to have that hook. Your Tinder wow. profile has got to be on point. Exactly. <laughs> you got and, it. And, and, and it's a, it's a really interesting distinction specifically with, um, with Facebook ads. Um, and, and I think I imagine probably other digital ads as well. Um, you know, the, the ad opener really takes a front seat um, compared to the headline. Whereas, you know, before this digital advertising stuff, it was always the headline. You know, the headline was really that 80-20 thing. Whereas now the headline is often below, like it's, it's almost one of the last things you see. Um, so the ad opener, that hook uh, is, is super important. Would, would you guys agree with that? Absolutely. And with um, digital advertising, you want to have a super strong call to action as well. Like they're not going to you know, click without you compelling them to do that. So whether within your uh, piece, it's read on for X or don't do this until you, you know, get these um, da da da, like you're, you're telling them that they have to do something in order to, you know, basically better, better themselves, improve their lives. So the call to action is definitely almost as key as that headline these days. It's actually totally 100% a little urgency, all that. But there's also if the copy and product is so good, and we've done this before, where it's just like, like David was saying, you know, guys in the bar, he wants to hear people say, I'll just buy it. Actually, just not having big call to actions and like sneaky links, making it a little bit uh, harder to attain. It's actually it creates it creates a little bit more intention or frustration with like, fuck, I really need this thing. And if they can't, it's weird. If they can't find it and they have yeah. to click in or bounce and go through Google, it's, it's also quite effective, but the product needs to be really slick and the copy needs to be fire for that to work. For sure. Yeah, um, saying that a, a uh, you know, great piece of copy can't sell a, a crappy product for long, but for long, that's a really good a point, David. Product. Yeah. Uh -huh. For long, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because you can always make sales, but it's not going to last. It, mm -hmm. That's exactly true. And um, and well, you know, before we before we uh we sort of wrap up here, I, I wonder um just uh just off the cuff, I wonder if you guys have any any tips or or or, or hacks um that uh, that you guys have seen working well in the last you know in the last while. Any 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 sweet copy tips for the audience? 
Actually, going back to really what we were talking about uh, at the beginning of that last one is um, as a subskill is, you know, know your market. And by that, I mean your tribe, your people, your, you know, and um, know what keeps them up at night, um, what they argue with their husband or wife about, what they, I mean, what makes them tick, understand their problem that you can solve at a deeper level than even they do. So that right as you're hooking them in, they're saying, wow, these people get me. That's how you create relationship. And that is something I think we're really seeing happen. Uh, relationship marketing um, has always existed, but I think we're really seeing it now with, with social media and everything. You know, one of the great stories is Tom's shoes. Everybody told him he was nuts. How can you possibly build a company giving away a pair of shoes for every pair you sell? Well, we know how it works now, don't we? Um, and that's because he knew what his tribe really deeply cared about, and he spoke to that. And that's that's really what it is. Is it, we're, it, it's almost like these have become uh, um, little extensions of your family almost you know social media has made that happen um you know you're friends with people you've never met think about that facebook has made you friends with people you've never met now if that didn't if that's not a paradigm shift i don't know what is <laughs> i've got a uh, good one uh, i've got i've got a tidbit here um try to share this with you know new people coming up in, in their their careers at pilot house but uh, basically above the fold, below the fold. So, you know, David talked about how every word is pushing the person to the next word. Every paragraph is pushing the person to the next headline. Every headline is pushing them down into the sales pitch, into the call to action, to the urgency. Um, you need to really think about it that way. But visually also, especially on mobile, line breaks specifically. So you need to always have either a headline or the top of an image in the top and the bottom of the fold and your copy sits in between that so as you scroll there's always something else to pull the eye down to the next scroll that's a really good uh tip to take away um also just breaking up long ass paragraphs with headlines and those headlines are curiosity uh they're they're they're, they're things that are intriguing it's not just you know this is the next start of a of, of a paragraph it's like and because of that you this dot 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 right depending on the vertical and the brand sensitivity, but you just always want to make sure that people are scrolling and to do that, you need visual cues. Yeah. Visual cues also like bolding little bits of your text that you know that the audience is really going to uh, react to. Um, doing like little visual cues like that will help with that as well. And um, keep you, keeping your angle really current um, and fresh um, and also really good copy. You can, kind of sneaky, sneaky sell. Like you're talking about something current and, and awesome and all of a sudden they didn't realize it, but but now they need the solution. So um, just stay, stay abreast of the trends and uh, do your research. That's my tip. Love it. Um, I think that curiosity, you know, it's, you mentioned curiosity, Kyle, and that's really, when you can combine curiosity and strong benefit, mm -hmm. Uh, in a headline, it's always great. But I, that's also 
um, as you're keeping people moving through it, that that's a powerful tool because if they're going along and, and it's a page where it's, you know, and you need to get them to that next part, curiosity with a benefit that they haven't yet seen is going to suck them right back in. And that's really what it is. There's, you don't want them to go away. So you're constantly kind of going, hey, look at this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Without, yeah. Oh. without, without giving them the show yet, right? Hey, look at this. Exactly. This, this thing's coming. You know what? Let me, uh, I'd love to, this is totally unscripted planned. Soap I, operas. You can learn a lot about copywriting from soap <laughs> operas. Okay. There's always a cliffhanger before they go to commercial break. Yeah. In your favorite TV shows, the end of an episode leaves you with a cliffhanger. You can hardly wait for the next one. It's why binge watching has become the new norm. Because people's attention spans, they don't want to wait till next week. <laughs> so they'll put off watching it for a whole season so they can binge watch it. Because we want to know. Yeah, and my my last Laura, thing I think you were going to say, yeah, go for it. Oh, it just ties to what David is already saying. So um, as a tip to new copywriters, yeah. I keep a log of anything that's piqued my interest with copy, really good ads, or um, I'll see something and I'm like, that was really well said. That's a great call to action, or that's a, a really great headline. Just bookmark it, flag it, keep a little file for your inspiration, and you can draw back on that. Um, and try to do what they did and test it within your own copy. For sure, awesome. yeah. Like, yeah, basically like a, a swipe file, as they uh, as they say. Um, I, I do something really similar where I, I have a huge, huge ass file, and I, I collect all that stuff. And, and usually, when I'm about to start a piece of copy, I go straight to that, and I just sort of get the get the juices going. Um, and uh, just, Kyle, you want to say something? I was gonna say uh, just for launching too. So, like, the, obviously, our audience here, super marketers, well versed in in the game. Um, but just launch, launch different angles at the same time. So like taking copy to your actual campaigns, like Laura, David, like you guys will write like three different pieces of copy with three different angles or five different angles for a new, a new product launch. Right. Yeah. And we're doing that because we don't know what is the best thing to do yet. And so, you know, let's say, I don't know what's the topic trains. Okay, angle one for train is train goes straight on rails. Angle two is speed, and angle three is uh, uh, luxury seats inside a train. Whatever, right? Like thinking about it that way, but actually testing the click-through rates early on each of those. But in addition to that, once you get you figure out which angle is best, we always talk about this. Get into the headline testing next, and so break out. You know, luxury seats was the winner on click-through rate. Now add you know, five different headline variants into that. And however you test that, there's lots of tools to do that. But when you can start refining copy early, your campaigns overall are gonna be a lot better, uh, shorter, faster, therefore you can spend more and, and so on and so on. Something Gary Bensavenga um, told me was, he would, uh, he would do, when he was, most of his writing, you know, he's trying to beat controls or, and in most cases ended up being beating his own, um, he uh, he would test one or two safe angles, as he called them, mm -hmm. and then something completely out there, just crazy. Like, let's test this, but you know, it's probably not going to work. 
but yet surprisingly that would end up being the winner was that out there idea that you, and if he and if it hadn't got tested the world would never have known <laughs> you know? so funny you say that like we just launched a product well we've been running it for a while but it's like it's a it's a health device whatever but it one of the one of the team members wrote this weird ass copy and it was like sitting on the bus and bored and i was like yo dude what the hell is that that's the stupidest copy i've ever seen i sent that message in slack i went back into facebook i refreshed it oh shit cheapest cpc two sales nice one <laughs> you know <laughs> and it is just all about testing and, and sometimes getting i like that idea of having your controls but making sure you're testing oddball ideas because sometimes those hit yeah and I, I think it's i think it's honestly a really good idea to just go into you know to to any any ad ad advertisement just you know thinking that you don't know anything the customer doesn't even know anything you know only the data can you know point us point us in the right direction um anyways for for uh just to just to wrap things up you guys are are obviously um you know a a wealth of, of, of knowledge. And I'm, I'm wondering uh, where you guys would recommend others go to to learn about copy. What are your favorite tools and resources? This book right here, My Life in Advertising, Scientific Advertising. David Ogilvy would not let anyone go to work for Ogilvy Mather who had not read this book seven times. Sorry, you can't have the job. Um, that said, the first book anyone and everyone should ever read is this. How to Win Friends and Influence People. Anna Laura? I have that one. <laughs> you can learn a lot from a dog, right? Yeah, that's right. Am I right about that? Yeah. <laughs> dog lovers? Yeah. You can learn a lot from your dog. That tail wagon, that so glad to see you, nothing else in the whole world matters now that you're home. You know, that's, that's really how you want your customers to feel about you. Um, like I say, you can learn a lot from a dog. Anyway, and then of course, breakthrough advertising. Hard to find, expensive. If you're serious about writing copy, read this book and read it again and read it again and read it again and then read it again. How much how much did that copy cost you? Your life. What's that? How much did that copy cost you? You know, actually, this one was only a couple hundred bucks. You know, for a long time this was out of print and people were paying a thousand bucks. Um, and bottom line books, um, made it available for, I, I want to say 200 bucks or something. And I don't know if it still is or not. Uh, I do know for years it was, you know, hard to find a copy for a thousand bucks, because uh, people weren't getting rid of them, <laughs> but awesome. it is available now for a reasonable amount of money, which is awesome. Awesome. Everybody how, about, how about you, Alora? Um, well, I'm, I'm of the digital age, so I don't have a lot of hard copy books in my <laughs> rep repertoire right now, but, um, I do look into a lot of blogs and I recently completed, um, a copy hackers school, the 10 times landing pages. That's Joanna Weeb's um, copy hacker school. And it had tons of resources for free. It had like seven books in there. Um, it had a, a like more than a couple things where I was like, oh my gosh, I need to like <laughs> save this, highlight it, uh, keep it in my files. So, um, she has some excellent resources for copywriters. Amazing. There's one more book too. It's, it's, it's not really for like highbrow polished brands, but if you just want to sell stuff on the internet, uh, cash advertising, 
most of you have probably heard of it. Totally. Uh, awesome guys. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm working on my, my wrap up skills here, but, uh, but I want to thank you guys for, uh, for, you know, joining us today. Um, and, uh, and thank, thanks to the audience. Um, if you haven't already, please be sure to, uh, to subscribe, uh, leave us a five-star review and, uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks guys. Bye-bye. Thank you.